Multiverse Brian here with Nerd to the Third Power, your one-stop shop for everything nerdy and awesome with a side of bacon. This week, well, it's headline show this week, everyone. We've got headlines, news, comment, everything from our correspondents here at Nerd to the Third Power. So let's get this started, shall we? I'll go first with the comic book news across all different worlds in my multiverse headlines. So I want to start everything off this week with Archie Comics. Archie Comics actually has two stories here going for them. The first one is actually the more recent one. It's that the Josie and the Pussycats will be returning to comics in a new ongoing series coming this September. This is a part of the relaunching that the Archie Comics had done for Archie and his world since last year. Critically acclaimed, though having some controversy, which I'll get to in a little bit later. But it's nice to see Josie and the Pussycats returning. If anyone who doesn't know, they've actually been a part of the Archie universe for several years, having different books and relationships, because that's how the Archie books work. Now, onto that controversy. Earlier, though, it was also announced that Archie Comics is going to take outside financing for working capital and growth. This is almost a little unheard of for a major comic publisher. True, Archie wouldn't be considered one of the big two, say like DC or Marvel, but they've had a presence in comics for a lot longer than I've been alive. To hear that a major comic book industry, you know, even company that for that matter, is getting outside financing is a little worrisome. And this goes back to the failed Kickstarter they had earlier when they were relaunching the entire line. After the first Archie book came out, a couple of weeks went by and Archie announced a Kickstarter for the rest of their spin-off series. The idea was to get financing for these series, or at least end of financing, to help cover cost. Again, something that hasn't been heard of in any major publisher before or since. And now we find out they're getting money from an outside source. There's been no reason to think that Archie's any sort of financial strait right now, except these odd turns that they are taking. I don't know if there's something we should be looking into more. I'm going to try to keep my eye on see what's going on, but things are just not looking up for Archie right now. Hopefully, this is just all speculation and I am completely wrong. It has happened before. Moving on to another big reveal we just had. IDW, several weeks ago, got several writers and artists and editors together for a big powwow. We weren't sure what the powwow was going to be. Now, that in itself is not uncommon. Summits, retreats, meetings, powwows, as I mentioned before, they actually happen with all different companies. And the idea is sort of planning out the future. What they have planned out is something a lot more ambitious and the first time they've really done something like this. It looks like they've gotten together their Transformers, G.I. Joe, heck, anything Hasbro related under one single line. A Hasbro universe, if you will. And this doesn't just include Transformers and G.I. Joe. We're talking Micronauts, Rom the Space Knight, Action Man, Mask. Some of you might not even know what I'm talking about. Most of you do because you're awesome like that. But a lot of these are all Hasbro properties that they've had over the years. Now, this is also kind of close in time to the Hasbro Cinematic Universe that has been rumored around for a long period of time. We don't know if there's a connection here or IDW thought, hey, let's do it first. The biggest thing here is also the inclusion of Rom the Space Knight. Rom actually used to be a part of the Marvel units for a long period of time before sort of a falling out between Marvel and Hasbro over the character. 
every so often Rom tried to do like a sneak Easter egg peek or a callback was pulled from Marvel shelves. But now here he's coming in his own series for IDW in this Hasbro universe that they have put together. I'm a bit concerned about this universe though. While G.I. Joe and Transformers, I can understand, they've crossed over many times in the past. Many times. I have a whole omnibus about that. Adding things like Mask and Micronauts and Action Man, the maybe not as popular as G.I. Joe and Transformers, perhaps maybe water things down. I'll be admitted though that I'm probably going to check out a lot of these series when they come out just to see exactly how they put them all together. That's the thing. This is all together. This is still in continuity with their Transformer comics they have currently. So you have to think about they're going to have to introduce a lot of these characters. Uh, Micronauts actually debuted not too long ago, so adding them probably wouldn't be hard. Mask, the Mobile Armored Strike Command, Command spelled with a K, otherwise Mask would look silly. That one hasn't debuted yet, so putting that one in, well, that's fine and probably pretty easy as well. The G.I. Joe, I'm not sure about. I don't know. They've had a couple of G.I. Joe books, IDW. Is this all within the same continuity of those G.I. Joe books? Or are these a new G.I. Joes only within this universe? Now things are starting to get a little bit tricky. How do you add these guys in and put them all in the continuity while also keeping your other G.I. Joe books either out of continuity or in continuity? And if they're in continuity, how do you explain the fact that G.I. Joe wasn't around after Transformers invaded the Earth not once, but twice now and have somehow taken over the planet? That's what I thought. Hopefully we'll get some more answers as the closer these come by. We'll try to get something else, and I'll probably read them and tell you guys what I think about them. Well, that's all the time I have really going for me right now. There's not a lot else I can talk about. DC Rebirth is still currently going on, and I am picking up titles and reading them over. So far, I've actually liked what I've read about these. I was going to mention how I felt about the whole idea of the Rebirth and the Rebirth special issue that came out when I was talking about Captain America, but unfortunately that was just too much for one episode. What I may do is probably wait until some of the Rebirths have come out and I can kind of gauge, see how things are going. The difference is that this is definitely way more planned out. A lot of the Rebirth issues are being uh, scheduled out not only this month, but next month and the following month, pretty much the entire summer. It feels like a summer event. Civil War 2 has officially started for Marvel, killing off two major characters, we think, in War Machine and She-Hulk. Um, yes, spoilers, I know, and I do apologize if you haven't read those already, but those were plastered up on the internet for the last couple of weeks now. Even the rumors of that before then. Um, it feels sort of like the same Civil War. This is a little bit more gray than the last Civil War. I haven't figured out who actually, quote-unquote, is a bad guy here. But it's a major comic book event with two major deaths involved. One that just actually had a big part in the movie that just got played out in the theater. So it's very strange to have War Machine get axed off. And and people may say, well, he's not really dead. It's comic books. Eh, you have a point. And, but I'm not going to get too much involved in that. I'm a little shocked the hasn't been a bigger uproar for the possible death of She-Hulk. She-Hulk being a very, very good character and a very favorite character among a lot of fans, myself included. Uh, I feel like killing her off is really just killing off a lot of good potential that you have, um, other than maybe the shock value goes for it, and that's what you get in a lot of these big events, is you gotta get that shock value in and get people buying the issues. Again, how long will she be dead? Well, we don't know, and I'm not even sure she's actually dead dead. Um, there was just a 
she might be dead. She was flatlining. They weren't sure. They never officially came out and said anything. So, hey, she might be back. Who knows? They might have changed the story. That's all I've got so far again this week. A little kind of insight into what I've been reading and what's been going around in the comic book world. I'll hopefully get some more information of these stories and my thoughts about different issues coming up future for future shows. But I've taken enough of the airwaves. I'm going to move everything over to Kat. Kat, our anime correspondent. Kat, what do you have for us? Thank you. Voice actress Mizutani Yuko passed away May 19th due to breast cancer. Her prolific list of roles included Sora and Digimon, Mihoshi and Tenshi Muyo, Chocolate and Sorcerer Hunters, and Pinoko in Blackjack. She also played Sakura Sakiko in the long-running Chibi Maruko-chan series. Her successor for the role has not yet been announced. She was 51. Singer Tomita Mayu, who was brutally attacked last month, has finally regained consciousness. The 20-year-old idol suffered nearly two dozen stab wounds on the neck and chest May 21st. The wounds she suffered on her neck were critically deep, but no major organs were damaged. Her assailant was 27-year-old fan Iwazaki Tomohiro, who attacked her after she reportedly returned a gift he had sent her. Tomita had spoken to the police about Iwazaki earlier in the month after she claims he had been sending her messages on her blog and Twitter. Iwazaki is currently being evaluated by the Tokyo District Public Prosecutor's Office to see if he is sane enough to be held criminally liable for his actions. Other than regaining consciousness, there is no word on Tomita's health. We at Nerd to the Third Power wish her a speedy recovery. Boom Boom Satellite's bassist Nakano Masayuki announced that the band's next EP will be its last. Lay Your Hands on Me is set to release on June 22nd, featuring four tracks and 22 minutes of music. The band is calling it their 10th album and consider it a work befitting of the final closing curtain of the band's history. The decision to end the band came after guitarist-slash-vocalist Kawashima Michiyuki suffered his fourth brain tumor relapse August last year. The band also cancelled concerts in November after his condition worsened. Nakano stated on the band's official Facebook page that Kawashima is suffering partial paralysis, relies increasingly on a wheelchair, and has trouble speaking. To me, he looks like a husk that has poured its very life into this final work. I want to call out to him, thank you, you've done your best. The duo have been performing together since 1990 and debuted in 1995. In the 20-plus history year of the band, they've lent their music to several anime, including Death Note, Gundam UC, Guilty Crown, Appleseed, and one of their songs was featured in the Dark Knight film. Some time ago, it was reported that after his fourth relapse, doctors had given Kawashima only two years left to live. Whether that's still the case, he will spend his days with his family, officially retired from music. It is unknown at this time if Nakano will continue his music career. In happier news, because anything is happier than all the stuff I've just said, Funimation has licensed what is considered by many to be the very first Japanese feature-length animated film, Momotaro Divine Sea Warriors. Funimation was one of the backers of the digital restoration of the film, which for a long period was thought to be lost. The film was originally produced as propaganda during World War II and was thought to have been destroyed during the American occupation. Negatives of the film were found in the 80s, but this is the first time Momotaro will be available digitally. Funimation will distribute it here in the U.S., and Anime Limited has licensed it in the U.K. 
Another classic to make its way to our viewership is the 1978 children's film Ringing Bell. Crunchyroll just picked up the streaming rights and has made the movie available both subbed and dubbed on their website. Ringing Bell was released in the US in the 80s and is relatively unknown here, but it should be because holy shit guys, this film. Ringing Bell, for those who don't know, is a quaint animated film about a sweet little lamb with a cute little bell around its neck whose mother is viciously killed by a wolf and he seeks out revenge but ends up becoming the wolf's disciple and indiscriminately killing as he pleases and what the fuck? Why would anybody license a children's movie that's obviously not meant for children? Well, what's done is done. Check it out on Crunchyroll if you ever feel like hating the universe. Discotech even has it on DVD if you wish to purchase traumatizing material. Funimation's license on the original Full Metal Alchemist series will lapse at the end of July. Same deal as Brotherhood, guys. They'll stop streaming and no longer reprint any of the home video releases. So once it's gone, it's gone. Brotherhood and Conqueror Shambhala expired in March, and there's no word yet on Sacred Star of Milos, but it's a safe bet that the license for the film will probably expire and not get relicensed in the near future. Oh my god, I was gonna stop here, but I just can't have this many negative stories and end it like this. This has been kind of dark, so here's a couple of quick notes of stuff that's actually kind of good. Seven Seas Entertainment has partnered with Barnes & Noble to digitally distribute their manga on the Nook app. So now a bunch of their titles like Sacred Blacksmith and Dance in the Vampire Bund are available to all 12 of you Nook users. Comixology has launched a paid subscription service, so for $5.99 a month you can get access to comics and graphic novels, which you can download and take on the go. Most of their manga lineup are first issues coming from Dark Horse and Kodansha, so you have titles ranging from Attack on Titan to Your Lion April to Sherlock Bones. Starting this month, Amazon Japan is making 12 shows available to Prime members in the US, UK, Germany, and Australia. It's a combination of a few J-dramas like Happy Marriage of Baby Steps, a few variety shows, a few documentaries, plus Common Writer Amazons and Ultraman Orb. They'll find their way onto Prime after their TV debut in Japan, some of which start at the end of this month, some next month, some aren't going to start until early next year. You'll just have to look it up to figure out which one's which. And finally, the super secret card capture Sakura manga project that Kodansha announced a few weeks ago will be getting an anime. No other details known, we just know it's gonna happen, so yay! Anyway, that's all I've got going on in the anime and manga world. That's all the headlines we got this week. Thank you all for listening. If there is something we missed or there is a topic you wish us to discuss in the future, please leave a comment below. Join our Facebook page. You can join our Ask a Geek thread in there. Ask us questions as we have everything going on. Also, check up all the Twitter accounts from our Nerd of the Third Power correspondence in the description below. Please like and subscribe, and hopefully we'll see you all here again next week. Taka, play us out.